Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host for this week is Chris Huff. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for joining me. Chris was a member of Zeal and now has moved on to, to greater and better things. And he has some interesting stuff to talk to us about. So I wanted to bring him back. Uh, so thank you so much for, for being willing to join us. Totally stoked to be here. This is awesome. So uh, all through the time that we worked together, you had mentioned over and over the meetup group that you've been running in Portland called Full Stack PDX. Every time you talked about it, there was something interesting that you were doing that was just kind of off the wall or just different than normal meetups do. So I really wanted to just like get the story and and kind of spread all these experiments that you've done. Um, how did Full Stack PDX start? So it basically started in 2016 as a fork of the local Ruby group. I wanted to do something a little bit different. Uh, one of my primary focuses that I believe in is ROI for your time. So I believe that there's a lot of opportunity in the community to do a lot of different things. But if you're going to spend an hour away from your friends and family to do something, you better get 110 or not 300% you know, back. So we forked off and did the Ruby on Rails group and from 2016 to the end of, to the start of 2017. And that saw a lot of success. It was primarily focused in the Rails stack, anything around it. But then in 2017, uh, we kicked off something different. We started to realize that not only in the market, there was a need in the market for a more business-focused, entrepreneurial-focused community where we started, we forked it into what's called full-stack PDX, where we take on all forms of technology, but not just tech itself. We have business leaders come in We've had business from the local communities, such as WaveG would be a great example, WaveG Broadband. They've come in, you know, they don't write code at all. It was their senior team came in and presented to the group. And so we have entrepreneurs that present their business idea. We've had two people get funded from our group. Oh, really? And we, oh, yeah, yeah, they come in, present, and then we hack and slash their idea. I mean, you have to come in. That's one of the things that catch in the difference between the 2016 and the 2017 was with full stack, it's run as like a fight club style. And that was the take that we wanted to spin off, meaning that if you come and you're brand new, you have to talk that day. Oh, really? And I guarantee, yes, yes. And I guarantee you talk. Now, you could talk about anything you want, which is really nice. So we have a whiteboard and we have a TV, or you could even use a, you know, a, a visual aid if you like. Some people have come in with little Android kits and showed red light stoplights for hacking a server, all sorts of things. But that's up to you. But you have to speak. Wow. People have tried to contest it and they've actually stated, like, you know, hey, like I don't have anything to talk about today. And I literally said, Well, hey, there's a whiteboard and here's a marker. And I hand them the hand them the marker and say, Go to town. Get started. Exactly. And there's no prescribed format. So we leave it completely wide open. Um, the organizing team also expanded and from 2016 into 2017 and now into 2018. So we have three people that are intimately tied to the group and we have a fourth that we're recently bringing on, which is the host. Uh, we changed up the hosting location. So that's been, as the group has evolved, we started out moving from you know, the Ruby group in town was at New Relic. We started the Rails group out of Airbnb's location for the first year. And then we have now since moved it over to the WeWorks Customs House in Portland and nice. has seen oh and that yeah it's an amazing amazing space and so we've seen an, you know just a complete spike in members and so I should highlight that we went from zero in 2016 to 885 now and we're growing pretty rapidly and we hope to break the 1k marker by August of 2018 which is that's awesome so that's like eight, over 800 people like on your mailing list on your meetup.com group that's amazing you know to be honest and so we simplify things and so this might find this kind of funny we only use meetup.com okay that's it. Wow, we have no official. We have no mailing list. We use Twitter, but our Twitter account only has like seventy something followers. We do everything through Meetup. Now, we are going to be changing this. One of the things in twenty eighteen we want to do is we want to set up a hackathon. We're going to do a hackathon with a betting style event with a buy in. Buy in. That's something we're talking about. 
So like it's like a poker tournament, except you know you're judging hackathon projects at the end. Well, I'll give you a snippet of it, which is really funny. So I have a thesis that I like to test, which is something along the lines that I want a minimal viable, a minimal barrier to entry. So you have to come with like let's say it's let's say we pick a theme like Rails React, just for something that I know. You have to have the machine installed. You have to have everything set up. You have we might even do a little bit of a, a little bit of a test project that you have to do before you can get in. Then you have to buy in. I mean, we're looking at maybe like a fifty dollar buy in as a minimum. And then that'll keep the group attendance very small, but keep the skill level very high. And then what we'll do is we're going to have the top three groups, the thought is, they'll get a reward. So there's no money goes out the door. Everything that comes in goes immediately back out. Uh And then I'm thinking of pairing with additional vendors uh, that are popular amongst us, like SendGrid or something like that. I don't know. This is very, very 20,000 foot view right now, but I've never seen that done. So Sure, sure. When you're evaluating these new, new ideas for what to do with the meetup group, like what criteria do you put them through? Like... It seems like, you know, you've, you've gone from like inviting entrepreneurs to now you're going to do kind of a hackathon yep. and then you kind of have more standard kind of iterations. Like, where's that experimental nature coming from? Like, is it, is, are you just like, it would be boring to not do these things or is this your way of like trying to find quality or? The way I look at it is I run it like a, a startup would, you know, like tech, the Techstars book, like the lean startup. Like that's what the MVP is. The MVP started out as something that we all knew, which was the Rails group. Like that was easy. That was a presenter. That was your traditional, like I come into a classroom and I have the presenter up at the front. And that's an easy format. That's that's 99% of meetups. That's what everybody does. Yep. We want when we forked it off to do something different, I had this vision where I was like, let's test to see if the Portland community will respond to this. I didn't know if it would be successful. It could have completely failed. <laughs> we completely lost everything. But people started to come, and then after a period of time. We started hearing messages and then documenting them, saying like, I really like what you're doing. This is something very different. There were senior engineers, and I'm not just talking about people that are at the senior level. I'm saying that they've already had three exited companies that they don't have to work anymore that were coming to the group to present. I mean, that's awesome. one of the guys that talked, he did this whole IT plat, like this IT database management software. He was making 50K a contract and he's just sitting there talking about it. It was one of the, it was one of the craziest presentations I've seen. Yeah. And I've never seen him at any event in any other meetups. So like we were doing something right. This sleeper genius that was doing something amazing and then sharing it with the group. We were doing something right. And so that was that was comforting to see, hey, like people actually like this. What else can we do? And so it was just sort of letting it evolve and evolve. And so when we're looking to 2018, like I I know the hackathon sounds like a crazy idea, but it's something that we're talking about. We're also talking about, you know, how can we have maybe some longer sessions? Maybe we do something where we say February or March or just pick a month as a, we pick a thesis. Like one of the ideas that was presented in our last meetup towards the end of the year was like, let's just have a meetup about net neutrality. And we come to a room and we present on it. We try to present both sides and then we hack and slash it for the entire three hour period. Or maybe you have, th- maybe you have three themes. Oh, wow. And so they're coming up, these things, these information is bubbling up from the community. But it's also being fed by the, a lot of the part, people that participate in a regular basis. So it's kind of had this, I would say, collaborative ecosystem that's kind of formed. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple other things that are really key to the success of this is we have a, we tightly wound in a social event, both during the event, but then also after. So I'd say, on average, I've never been to a meetup where you know the majority of the group comes to the bar after. Oh, wow. And so we literally, it extends. I mean, sometimes our meetup goes to one in the morning, not officially, but it only officially runs from like six to nine. But then sometimes you'll have a whole group talking till one in the morning, and that's where the stuff gets real, real heavy. Yeah, you found a way to like let the energy of the meetup continue beyond when it has to. Like, there's no it has to stop at X kind of time frame, right? And people, people could people could do what they want, come and go as they please, and and have fun with it. That's great. Uh, that, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. Uh, the other thing that we try to do 
I always like to highlight is we make our last event of the year a charity drive. And so the last two years in a row, when it was Rails Group, we did, oh God, we did, yeah, that's right. We did Toys for Tots for the Rails Group. That was exciting at the end of the year. That's fun. I want to do like a Santa thing and everything, but that didn't end up happening. I didn't want to dress up like Santa. I wore my Santa hat. That's all I had. <laughs> so I wasn't able to pull off the costume and like the, you know, my heavy, I, I would have to have gained like 50 pounds. I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this year we actually did No Kid Hungry, No Kid Left Hungry project and they actually raised 250 bucks out of, that's great, out of a ticket feed. So like 100, and I actually mashed the tickets. So one of the problems with meetup.com is they take, a percentage slash off the top, mm-hmm. but I matched it. So anything that was, you know, basically I got eight seventy five or something like that out of every ten bucks, and I actually put my ten in, then it matched all the other ones to make sure it got up, and it worked out very, very well. So everyone was like stoked about it. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. So speaking about charging, you know, you you charged for attendance to this charity event, but you charge every single month. Can you tell me like where that came out of and like? uh Kind of how that evolved? Yes. Oh, definitely. So one of the things I met, I do a lot of mentoring on the weekends. And there was a group in town, a local group called Mentorship Saturdays. And I happened to run into, he moved, this gentleman moved out from uh, New York. He used to run the Drupal group in New York, which has about 800. I mean, it was, I think it's, no, it was well over that. It's in the thousands now. Huge group. And we started talking about, you know, how he set it up and how it was managing some of the things that he had learned, how, how that group evolved. And they always charged. And his belief was, you know, you charge a dollar and you get a little bit of a commitment. Okay. The problem, when, the problem with a lot of meetup groups is anybody who's run them knows that it's easy to set up a web page. It's easy to do all that stuff on meetup.com. Mm-hmm. Then you'll have 70, 80 people that, sh- that sign up to come and you buy $200 worth of pizza and five people show up, yep. right? Or something like that. There's a very, the numbers are very, very split, right? So that's, that's a total, total shit show to deal with. And so I did not want to deal with it. I figured I'm putting in this all this work. The or other organizers are putting this work. You know, we're volunteering for the community that we want to see in the in the in the PDX tech community. And so we're gonna put a dollar in. I'm like, if you you know, if it, the thing is, in my opinion, is if a dollar is an issue, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, that's a bigger mm-hmm. problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, I I you know, and that money all got filtered back into the group, so it wasn't like it was going, you know, we were burning it or doing anything with it. So you weren't taking a vacation on twenty dollars <laughs> a month worth of uh, attendee takings. Totally. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was buying a jet. Yeah. No. The we were actually surprised, and so I'll give you a little backstory backstory about the charging. There was a group in town called New Tech PDX, which also I support. I always mention these groups at you know various mentoring initiatives. And he, when he started it, got a ton, a ton of slack. And he was charging five bucks in Portland. And I remember I've lived in Boulder, I've lived in New York, and we're charging that everybody does it. Like, you know, I've spent 50 bucks on a meetup ticket to go to Guilt Group, but I was sitting next to the Guilt Group investors. So, like, I mean, you pay for like the, the content. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I said, don't worry, this will take off. You know, now he charges twenty five and it sells out in a fraction of the time. Yep. And we took, you know, he basically forged ahead with that, and I came behind that and I said, I'll try it for a programming group. And people, you know, I did get. A, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't get slack because that did happen. But I said, you know what? So what? Mm-hmm. So we're doing our thing. People could go somewhere else, and that's okay. And now we charge three dollars. And we'd actually like to, you know, our long-term goal is to get to 503, which is actually the Portland area code. Oh, there you go. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite area code is 303, which you know, but like, that's like, I like to get to 503. I think it'd be kind of fun to have that and be, you know, to signify there in the, and then stop there. But yeah. Connected to the area. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And when did you institute that? Was that a very early on 2016 kind of thing? Or is it when you kind of reformed the group to, to be more 
broad in topic? That's a good question. I think I started that in the mid of the Ruby on Rails groups formation. I think at first we started, we kicked it off it with being open and then we started. Mm-hmm. And the full stack's always been charge. So this one's all 100% and once we mutated and kind of forked off our MVP, we've always charged for it. Okay. And now we've actually started raising the price. So it started out as a dollar and then, then then went to $3. So what are your other, what would you say your other keys to success in, in, in maintaining a meetup like this is? You know, I think it comes down to really four things. And I would, I would rank those. And some of them are funny and some of them are, are more serious. Uh, maybe, maybe five. So five being the overall arching concept. Community and collaboration is probably the most important thing in my mind. I, you need to have a community, and that means that people have to have value. They wanted to, there needs to be a reason why they're coming. You know, I've had a, a woman travel down, it almost took her two hours to get there from Vancouver just for us to review her code repository that, 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 no one had done, and we went down. She spoke for an hour, just going through her code, and she was like, "This is the greatest thing I've ever. This is the greatest thing I've ever had happen." And I was like, "Well, this is not a big deal. We could do this every 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 month." That's awesome. So yeah, and it's like just getting that value, and like you know, knowing that you could come, you can meet somebody at a different level compared to where you're at in your career, get some networking out of it, get some value, and then take that back home, or even build your own startup or do whatever you want to do out of it. That's 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 the big hope I have, and that's where I think that's what we're seeing. The other part is socialization. I think in a lot of tech events, especially in the presenter-led style where there's a person up at the front and everyone sits back at tables, people tend to cluster mm-hmm. up like the high school cafeteria, right? And, right, it's easy to disappear. It is. And then people sort of sit in the corner and I I, I really don't like that. You know, I, I'll be honest and admit, I was that kid in the corner at times too. Yep. But what we do is we have a circle table. So the table you have to face, like this is all done by design. And when we did the Rails group, we actually did that by design because the, I surveyed many locations around Portland and Airbnb's cafeteria would force communication because the style of the seats were facing, everybody had to face one another and then you'd have to look to the left to see the presentation screen. So this entire thing had intention. Huh. Yeah, the entire thing had intention around making people be uncomfortable to talk. And it had a huge, huge impact because people, people that would normally never see one another we're starting to cross paths and be like, wow, like I got a job from that or I know this now or I met somebody at this company. Whereas if before in a lot of other places, they could sit there in the corner or sit there like in their little cluster and it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And so that's very important. So speaking of who talks, only the most experienced, most frequent members of your group talk. No, that's, <laughs> no, that's not true. Actually, every, and I, I think I might have highlighted it earlier, but everybody has to talk. So in the current format, in the original format, the Rails group, that was the case. I was actually seeking presenters and I did something very similar where I found people in the community. Mm-hmm. But now you, you come into full stack and you have to talk. So, and that's right on our bylaws, basically. Like you go to the page, it says right there, and we're pretty vague about it too. Like we don't tell you what you need to talk about. We don't tell you what the format is. We don't tell you how long you have to go. And that sort of confusion is really funny. Yeah. Because people people actually get really intimidated about it. They start asking a lot of questions. And then we'll sit there. We do this on purpose, by the way. At least if it's me responding to the question, I'll sit there with a dumbfounded look and I'll ask, what does that mean for you? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like what would you what would you like to hear today? And they would be like, Well, I'd like to talk about this. And I'd be like, that's exactly what I'd like to hear today. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> they get really, really uncomfortable with it. And then it just starts. But, but you know what's funny is it lasts about 10 seconds. So, in, mm-hmm. ten, in 10 seconds, you'll see a person, you know, their whole attitude will change, especially if they're an introvert, right? Their whole, like, they'll, they'll light up and be like, wow, like these people are listening and they're engaging and I don't feel 
weird mm-hmm. but talking to everybody in here and that's exactly what we're trying to do so that that you, you take the community aspect you take the socialization aspect that's what we're doing and that's that's a part of my core visions on this uh i think i mentioned a little bit you know you're talking about a couple other things i'd say on this like the venue is important mm-hmm. i did you know set up airbnb by design just like right now we're in the WeWorks customs house we're in a conference room we're actually moving we're going to be moving in 2018 to the bigger space but we're going to go in before the meetup and organize all the tables to have the same sort of environment where there's a big line of tables and everyone sits around the tables. That's awesome. So yeah, it's 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 making that connection. Like that connection is really really important. I, I highlight that a little bit. But the last thing I'd probably say, you know, one of the last things on it is is the food. We I I'd like to claim we have the best food. Nice. We pay all this all this food crap, all this food stuff out of pocket too. By the way, so we're getting all of our pizza from Ten Barrel, which. Ten barrels, amazing. Uh, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that I. A lot of other meetups do like hot lips and are in a sizzle pie, and I, and I don't think they're they're not they're okay. Mm-hmm. But like you know, we also don't have to. You know, to our issues we're we have a lot lower. We we control cap the amount of tennies that come, so we we could afford like I think our pizza runs about eight hundred to one hundred and fifty. Worst case scenario, so you get larger than that, it gets harder to do for ten barrel. Mm-hmm. But even at the end of the year, we did a. Uh, there's this place called Via Chicago. We did four deep dishes. That we had to drive way. Oh, that's out. awesome! Oh, yeah, it was one of our core organizers drove way out northeast to bring it back. It took him like forty five minutes to get this stuff for the community. <laughs> People were like, "Wow, this is the best food at the end of the year," and I'm like, "Well, it's a charity drive, and you should always eat the best foods." So that's like my take on this. Uh, I would like, I mean, honestly, to be honest, critique. I would love to have a healthy alternative too, <laughs> but I figure <laughs> I mostly eat healthy at home, so I'm like, you know, if I'm going to eat bad food for me, I'll do it at the meetup. So I kind of, you know... <laughs> it's not a nightly meetup. It's no, a monthly meetup. It's a monthly meetup, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the last thing, the last thing I'd highlight, you know, with this, and this is something I share when anybody talks to me about making a meetup or they want to put something together, is r- really, and I probably heard me say this a few times today, is just the ROI of your time. So all of those four components correspond to what I believe is like return on your investment. You can do something else with your time. There is nothing making somebody come to your meetup for any reason more than the value you provide to them. And if you're an organizer and that's not in the forefront of what you're doing, I believe you're doing an injustice to the community you're trying to set up. Like that is people can do this. People can go other places. And and that's and not only should they come and have an amazing time, the socialization, they should get something else they could take forward. Like hopefully they learn something new, they have a new skill, or they make a connection that they could build a business from. All those things. And if you're trying to do that and you're doing it your best you can, I think that's a win. I think it's a huge win, not just for uh, the community, but also just for the industry overall, I would say. That's incredible. That's incredible. I feel like I have been to a lot of boring meetups in the past. So to focus on making sure that you're providing value and and really what are the outcomes of it is really great. And I, I also really love your idea for bringing in participation. Like I've been to so many meetups where it is very difficult for new people to get involved or to kind of break through that initial barrier of not knowing anybody. And uh, I think that's a really creative way of solving that problem. So I love it. Well, it's also, I, I would have had, so it's a pain in the ass. Sure. But what, by, by the full stack design and having the fight club style is really, I don't, I don't have to do much. <laughs> so the, yeah. I've, I've presented twice, but then everything else comes in and we wanted that to be that way. We didn't want the same, like the same, when you come to the, nothing against this, this happens sometimes, I get it, but you don't want to hear the same person every week. Like you want it to be different. Like, yep. and that's, that's in our style, that's easy to do because people have to talk. Right. We have run into, I'll give you an example of this that I got to share that's kind of funny. We have run into cases where there's only been like two, three new people that week. So we instituted, this was, you want to talk about like MVP on the spot. We instituted a rule like that 
indivi- that day where we're like, who else has come here the least? You now have to go. (laughs) (laughs) What if you're the eternal new guy? That that sounds uh, pretty hard. (laughs) I'm still the new guy? What the heck? I'm going to go find a friend to bring to this meetup so I don't have to do it again. (laughs) So so we'd go through the list and we look around and we're like, well, you came three times. So that's you're the lowest number in the group. So you have to talk. (laughs) So that was really funny. That's awesome. Another, Another thing we do is we give out, we had it. We had a woman in the community. Her name's Megan. She designed us a, a logo with this little sticker with pancakes because we're full stack, and we give those out to anybody who's ever talked. So they're limited edition. So you only get a sticker if you've talked or presented. Oh, I like it. Yeah, and so there's a, and then we try to encourage people to put them on their laptops right then and there to have fun with it, and then take it around the community. And because like I don't, I don't carry them. I only bring them to that meetup group, and I only give it out if you've talked. So it's pretty funny. Nice, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Would you call full stack PDX like a sustainable thing? Do you do you have any like concerns about like just keeping it going forward? You know, that's a tough question. I believe that anything, any initiative you create, and this is, goes for a business perspective as well, should exist without you. Mm-hmm. Like a, a company of one, where they will show in technology, we call it the bus factor, right? So if the CEO is the bus factor, that's that's a problem. <laughs> that's a really big problem, right? And also, it means that it's not scalable. I think our model, I would, I think it could succeed. I think it is succeeding. I would like to see it do a little bit more. I think at the end of 2018, we'll know more because I would actually like to take a little bit a step back. And I don't know if I'll be in Portland forever. So I believe that I'd like to be able to basically replace myself and have that initiative keep moving. Yeah. It takes a lot to do that. A lot to do that on site. And we're we are doing that. Like that is something on the forefront of my mind. I I, I try to bring in other organizers. I try to establish this momentum. So as of right now, I could to answer your question in detail, I'd say yes, I think I believe that it could. I believe that any meetup has the potential to do that. I think, but you have to make it a priority. The organizers have to make that a priority. That's fantastic. Yeah, and right now it's not one hundred percent. Like if I get, you know, I if I were to get sick, my other co organizers could could have the meetup, and I've got that connections with on sites. All that stuff's kind of they're interconnected. But if all three of us, so like right now, I'd say like our bus factor is three. If all three of us are out, then yes, the meetup would have to shut down for that day. I'd also like to see this, you know, eventually. If like if I were to move, I would probably try to bring the same start, the same initiative to another another community and do it there and kind of collaborate between them. But that's that's the only way I know how to keep things moving. Yep. So yep. that's awesome. That's awesome. Is there anything else that you wanted to kind of promote or push? We'll certainly uh, put a, put a link to Full Stack PDX for for our Portland listeners. But uh, anything else you wanted to highlight today? Sure. I think that if you're in the Portland community or you know, I think a lot of the parts of the United States are wanting to move to Portland because of the show Portlandia. It, it, you, know, quick tangent: if you do watch the show Portlandia, that's exactly how Portland is. So, if you want to come see what the show is, this, our our mayor does canoe across the river for work. Okay, I'm just on that one's that I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but the <laughs> but the three things I like to highlight is especially for the Portland tech community is just there's, outside of my group. And I like I said, I, I get I'm not not self promoting this. I believe in these other groups too. So, like New Tech PDX is a great. Great thing to be following. Uh, mentorship Saturdays, especially for junior programmers and mids and any senior that wants to come to talk. It's amazing for the local tech community. I have gotten a lot of out of that giving back on Saturdays. Uh, they've changed up the format for this year to make it a little bit easier for seniors. So it's once a month. So I highly recommend looking at that group. And the last thing I would say is you really should be into the Portland, uh, it's called PDX Startup Slack or PDX Tech Slack. They've changed the names a few times, but that community now has grown Slack community. I think it started out about 100 people is now well over like 3,500 people from all across the community. Wow. So you have investors in there, you have entrepreneurs, you have engineers, 
you have every level in, in, in programming, you have marketing, branding. I mean, there's rooms for everything. So in our community, this is one of the things I have talked to people that I've known in New York, in Boulder, even in California, where they're like, how did Portland do this? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. But here, it's all over the place. And so all of the meetup groups kind of funnel content into that, into that Slack. And it's you're coming to Portland, you're traveling, you, you want to move here, like the, and you're especially in tech, you need to be in that group. That's something I tell people all the time. Uh, that's a one-stop shop. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I'll leave you those those three things. <laughs> we'll put some links in our show notes for, for all those things. Thank you so much. So Chris, if you wanted to promote a podcast or increase its success, what's the most important thing that your listeners can do for you? Ooh, your listeners can do for the podcast. That's right. Redistribute it. You know, so the podcast is actually interesting. Redistribute the content, you know, get the links out there. I think, you know, one of the things uh, we, we could talk about this at nauseum, but I think that the live methodology and going into Facebook Live and distributing out that content in social media is very, 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 very powerful. Now, I think one of the things from a podcast perspective that would be very helpful for the listeners is don't always, it, it's, it's, it's hard to get listeners to do something, mm-hmm. but, you know, but if you provide content for them, like say, hey, like here's the snippet, like here's the, here's the image for Instagram, like here's the verbiage. You make the links clickable and they could do that. That's really easy because all they have to do is say, I love this show. Boom, click it out to my social network. The easier you make something to do, the better are the better result you're going to get. I think that I've you know listened to a lot of podcasts where they're like, oh, talk about this, do this, and do these 10 things. You know, I, I, not everybody has time, you know, to be a super, super, super fan like the Bears and do all the 15 things. I mean, that will happen, but you're not gonna get the volume that you need, I think, to you know, get to the top of the iTunes store if that's what your goal is. I don't know. Uh, but that's that's something I would definitely emphasize. And I think I've seen that done very well in other communities um, that I'm a part of. And it's just easier for the listeners and people that want to participate to distribute it for you and help you. And it also, another key takeaway is when you do something like that, you could control, you could deeply control your messaging and branding. So whatever the initiative of the podcast is, whether that's in tech or it's in, you know, in business or finance, you know, cryptocurrency, whatever it is, if you have that tightly controlled and then you make the message uh, into something that could be distributed, then you'll, you, you're almost guaranteeing that whatever value you're trying to provide when they're listening is also being communicated externally to any other source. And then you make it easy for the, for the person to do that. And that's one of the things I would say, especially in podcasts, it's a, a big deal. Yeah, uh, we're definitely going to work on that. But one thing that our listeners can do right away to help us out a lot is to leave a review for this podcast on you know whatever platform you use that does help it, us reach new listeners so thank you so much for doing that and that's about a wrap thank you everyone so much for listening thank you chris for joining me it has been fantastic if you want even more interestings please sign up for our newsletter at codingzeal.com slash interestings or follow us on twitter at codingzeal thank you thanks man